welcome to Ringside Chaos, the professional wrestling discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. The only professional wrestling podcast in the world where pro wrestling is discussed passionately, with confidence, with great knowledge, and most of all, in the most sophisticated way. So brace yourselves, ladies and gentlemen, because chaos is about to be unleashed. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the inaugural episode of Ringside Chaos, the professional wrestling discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast and Paint Train Pipe Bomb Productions. My name is Alex Alcazaz, a.k.a. the Bear of Texas, and I am ready to talk to you about professional wrestling in the best way possible. So for today's episode, I'm going to take things a little bit too easy. But I am going to mention something very important that's been happening recently with AEW. But I'm also going to talk a little bit about an AEW wrestler that has meant a lot to me even before she was even with AEW. You know, she was so important to me that you know I became a huge fan of hers, honestly, before she even arrived at WWE when she was a huge part of NXT, specifically NXT UK. And I'm talking about none other than Tony Storm. You know, honestly... Ever since I graduated from college, you know, I took my journalism skills to such a high level that I was even looking at wrestlers outside of WWE because I always knew that there was a chance that these popular wrestlers would, one way or the other, find themselves in the WWE ring. And I'll be honest, you know, around that time, around 2016, 2018, I was actually had my eye on, the, on a Japanese promotion by the name of World Wonder Ring Stardom, Okay. And as y'all know me, a strong supporter of women's professional wrestling, I really ha- had a, my eyes on these women's uh, on these uh, women's wrestling promotions. And World Wonder Ring Stardom, honestly, you know the elite list of all the competitors that have worked there or that are still there. It, it's just absolutely elite. And it's absolutely amazing. But I was following Tony Storm even when she was working in Japan before she arrived in WWE, which was June 16th, 2017, when she was actually one of the first four participants, one of the first four participants of the Mae Young Classic. But seeing like how great she was in in, um, in Japan, and I was like thinking, you know, she go, goes in WWE, and if all goes correctly, I mean, she could be the hu- huge star, and, and honestly... Tony Storm, alongside with Rhea Ripley, they were both huge part of the NXT UK. I mean, it, it was unbelievable. It was very exciting to watch. I always said that Tony Storm and Rhea Ripley really just had quite the rivalry at NXT UK. One of the most tremendous things I, I had ever seen. You know, I got nothing res- but respect for both Tony and for Rhea. You know, it's just you know can't thank them enough for everything. So. So as far as Tony Storm goes, you know, this past uh, Sunday at AEW All Out, she won. She became the interim AEW Women's World Champion. As we all know, uh, not long ago, Thunder Rosa announced that she was injured. So, and honestly, it was a shame because we were going to see another match between Thunder Rosa and Tony Storm and. As we know, Tony Storm and Thunder Rosa have been actually working together. I've been teaming, and they've been known as Thunderstorm. And I believe at the previous pay-per-view before this one, it was at the AEW and the New Japan Pro Wrestling Forbidden Door pay-per-view, Thunder, uh, Thunder Rosa and Tony Storm actually worked a match for the title, 
and Thunder Rosa went on to retain the title, but we all knew that it wasn't going to be over then between those two. It was quite honestly, it was just the beginning, and then you see a little bit more of Thunder Storm, and then, and then of course we find out there was going to be the, the rematch at AEW All Out, and then again Thunder Rosa announced that she's injured and. What I find really, really interesting is that when Thunder Rosa announced, when the injury came to came to place, like when we all found out that she was injured, I think that around that time, Tony Storm also actually revealed that she was actually going to win the AEW Women's World title from Thunder Rosa at the event. So, so that kind of had me worried a little bit, especially because obviously with Thunder Rosa out, Tony Khan obviously had to... Uh, make changes to what was going on. So they basically, they made the change. I think, if I am correct, it was going to be a singles match between Thunder Rosa and Tony Storm, and then it became a fatal four-way match featuring Tony Storm, Jamie Hayter, Dr. Britt Baker, and Hikaru Shida. You know, all four of these wrestlers I, I strongly admire. I mean, sometimes I really am on my knees praying and praying and praying that AEW can do better and do more with their uh, brilliant women's division. I mean, they got so much brilliant talent in the women's division, but at the same time, it's hard to use everybody. And as my buddy, Ricky, uh, a.k.a. the Master of Mayhem, who's actually part of this Ringside Chaos project, you know, he, he's actually made the point very clear numerous times that the, that the problem with AEW is that they've got such an overloaded roster, and when the roster is so badly overloaded, it's literally impossible to actually use everybody. And honestly, I mean, I mean, you have noticed AEW was just signing and signing and signing. I mean, a lot of former WWE talent. You know, it's just it's just absolutely uh, crazy. So anyway, going back to the whole situation involving Thunder Rosa's injury, you know, when Tony Storm revealed that she was that they, she was actually gonna she was booked to win the title, and then they make the change to a fatal four way match. It had me worried worried a little bit because I feared that maybe this, the plans were going to change. Like, they weren't going to put the belt on Tony Storm because, you know, honestly, Tony Storm, I felt that, you know, it, it was about time that, you know, she really, she had really worked up, you know, so hard that I, I felt like she was really, in, she was, she was, she really deserved to have the belt put on her. And, you know, before I, I kind of go deep into it, when she arrived at AEW, she actually made her debut back in March when she was actually a participant in a qualifying match for the Owen Hart Foundation's Women's Tournament. I believe she defeated the Bunny that day. And, th and then immediately after, that's when AEW f announced that Storm was officially signed with the company. So you know, going deep into that, um, you know, when she left WWE, I mean, honestly, I, I think we all knew that it was certainly not on good terms. I mean... When Tony Storm actually revealed everything, when she broke her silence, she did that on Re on Renee Paquette's uh, podcast, the the sessions. You know, Renee Paquette, or as we as we all remember her as Renee Young when she was in WWE. You know, me being a huge fan of Tony Storm, I really wanted to know what had happened. So, I mean, either way, I was always listening to uh, Renee Paquette's the sessions show. It's a great show. I strongly recommend that you listen to it if you haven't. When Tony Storm gave her reasons to leave in the company, I mean, obviously one reason was that she felt burnt out. A lot of wrestlers kind of give that reason when they're released from a company, from WWE specifically, because of the, the brutal travel schedule, you know, being on the road 300 days a year, working so much. I mean, yeah, I mean, to say that you're burnt out, I mean, especially after being with a company for so long, yeah, it makes perfect sense. But obviously, it's clearly obvious that it was more simply than the fact that she was burnt out. 
I mean, we, we all remember she was uh, involved in that feud with Charlotte Flair over the uh, SmackDown Women's Championship. You know, if I if I remember correctly, Tony Storm arrived on the main roster on July twenty third of last year, and then she was she was put in the uh, Queen's Crown Tournament, and then she lost to Selena Vega in the first round, and then eventually, and then eventually she really got put in that feud with Charlotte Flair and. She she got that match, you know, which which was on Christmas Eve, and then she lost, and then her last televised appearance was actually just a few days later. I think it was right, it was right before uh, January, right before this January, and I believe it was actually December 29th, two thousand twenty one. This is according to my notes, Storm had actually released. She re- she um, requested her release, and it was actually immediately granted. I mean, the fact that it was immediately. I mean, I don't know what what's even more important. The fact that WWE even agreed to release her. Or they, they did it immediately like that, and I, I don't know. But I felt like, you know what, Tony Storm had been on the main roster. They had done nothing, you know, it was not going well. I mean, I'm glad they released her before things, things just got worse. But in Tony Storm's words, which I'm about to actually disclose to you, I mean, the, the situation was just far more complicated and stressful than we could possibly anticipate, let me tell you. It's just sad that Tony Storm, again... A huge part of the NXT UK, even a special part of NXT overall. You know, a lot like a lot of wrestlers that are called up from NXT to the main roster, the run just goes to hit rock bottom. It has happened so many times. How many times have we seen NXT stars be called up to the main roster and then their presence on the main roster just does not go well? We've seen it so many times. So she she immediately she was so she was released in December, and then she she comes you know after a few months later I mean I I'm not sure if there was actually a, a no a, a no compete clause in the contract I'd imagine she was released you know about in January and then she made her debut uh, you know March thirtieth so if my math is correct that's usually that ninety day no no uh, compete clause uh, with these these wrestlers have their contracts so anyway so I'd imagine there was definitely a no compete clause in that but anyway. So in, in her interview again with uh, Renee Paquette, you know, again, you know, it, it's it's way beyond the fact that she was burnt out. You know, she mentions you know cr- creative frustrations following her main roster call up. You know, she she you know according to the sports kid, you know, of course she said this also uh, with Renee pa- Paquette that you know she made her SmackDown debut in July, and then she says she spent the next several months just waiting for the opportunity. So. And during her interview, uh, Storm said, and I quote, when you're, when you're sat in catering, it's not a good feeling, unquote. And to quote again, just sitting there waiting for your shot, waiting for your big break, waiting to show everyone what you've worked your life to be good at. I just sat there asking, when am I next? What's happening? Now stuff starts happening. I'm still like, what's going on? Oh my God, what is my life? Unquote. <sighs> I mean, it, it, it is sad. I mean, again, she gets called up from NXT, and then she's one of the big, biggest and brightest stars of, of NXT in the past few years. I mean, I can honestly say that. Many fans would say Tony Storm is one of the greatest NXT talents of all time. I mean, not just NXT UK, but again, NXT as a whole. So, and it goes more than that. I mean, even there, she even mentions that she quit the company because she hadn't enjoyed professional wrestling for quote so long. So, 
I'm just glad that, you know, I, I did all the extensive research aside from just simply listening to uh, the interview, but there's always more than one reason. There's always multiple reasons, and sometimes you just don't want to talk about it because, you know, you're trying to forget about it, but a lot of these wrestlers are very honest, you know, like that. They're going to explain to you what happened, so... I mean, like I said, you know, like she even says, you know, according to the comic book dot com, you know, on, on their WWE section, you know, it mentions there that when she re- when she requested a release, Storm she mentions she realized that this wasn't the place for her, and like she she really like the story says like after her last appearance, she like. I think she was involved in a triple threat match. She just immediately walked out and then flew home. I mean, again, you know, that's why I can't stress it enough. And I can't say it enough. The whole situation just is mind-boggling. It's hard to understand. I mean, it's quite frankly, it's beyond overwhelming. I mean, I can't imagine how difficult it must be for Tony Storm. Because, again, I admire Tony Storm. So, you know, seeing her being unhappy like that, I mean, I ask myself, like, when you are a huge fan of a certain wrestler, you strongly support her, you want to root for her, you're always literally, like, hoping that, you know, everything goes well for her. I mean, if she's not happy, then that really kind of affects you, especially, like, I always say that wrestling fa- wrestlers and wrestling fans kind of have that connection, that when a wrestler has, when a wrestler's fans know that the wrestler is unhappy, those fans are going to be unhappy, too. Like, they're going to sympathize for that particular talent you know they're gonna say i'm sorry i mean it's horrible because you know we we love you and we want we wanted to see wwe use you to the best of their ability and they just didn't do it so so it is what it is but anyway going through all that so now i want to mention now that tony storm is the you know and i should mention remind everybody the interim AEW women's world champion I actually briefly spoke about this with uh, Ricky, a.k.a. the Master of Mayhem. I don't quite remember exactly how the conversation sort of ended because I did ask him. Now that Tony Storm is the interim AEW Women's Champion, it's clearly obvious that once Thunder Rosa is cleared and able to return to the ring, they're obviously going to finish that storyline, but it's obviously might go maybe the way it was intended to go. There's obviously going to be some changes. But now I'm asking myself, so when Thunder Rosa comes back, obviously they're going to they're have a match, obviously, to, to, make, to make sure you know, there's an undisputed, an official undisputed AEW Women's World Champion. And right now I'm, I'm asking myself this, so is Tony Storm going to stay with the title? Are they going to keep the belt on her? If they were going to have her win it, then I'd imagine that Tony Storm is going to become the official, uh, the official undisputed AEW Women's World Champion. But this is what I talked to Ricky about. Out of those two, there's going to be a heel turn. And I asked him, who do you believe is going to be the heel turn? And Ricky actually said he believes Tony Storm is going to be the, is going to turn heel. You know, that actually could, that actually, that could actually make sense. You know, Tony Storm versus Thunder Rosa with Tony Storm as the heel. I think I see it, I, I could definitely see it either way. I mean, if Thunder Rosa was the one that would, that would turn heel... I would, I, I could see it like that. And honestly, it, it could go either way. It's just one of those situations that you have to see how it plays out. Like, you can predict it. You can talk about it and, and say how you feel about it, how you think it's going to go, or how you feel it's, it should go. But honestly, when it actually happens, when reality, you know, really kicks in, and then you really, then you really get that feeling, huh, okay, maybe this was the right way, or maybe this wasn't the right way at all. You know, the, the situation, I mean, when it happens or before it happens, it's just a whole complete different story. It's, it's a whole new ballgame, if you may, if I may. 
<sighs> anyway. So, but, you know, b bring up to that point, you know, Tony Storm de definitely had a bit of momentum, you know, when, you know, when, th when Tony Storm defeated Britt Baker in a rematch to challenge Thunder Rosa for the AEW Women's Championship, which, again, took place at the uh, Forbidden Door pay-per-view, you know, like that, so, so, you know, um, you know, and I spoke to Ricky about the Fatal 4-Way match, and, you know, Ricky actually predicted that Britt Baker would have the title put back on her, I mean, if they did, then, you know, Britt Baker, you know, again, you know, I, I speak about how much I admire a lot of the AEW women's talent. You know, I admire Hikaru Shida. I admire Britt Baker, Tony Storm, Thunder Rosa. I mean, again, you know, as far as you know, the AEW women's division goes, I admire the women's division. That's why I always pray and hope that they can, they can take it to the next level and do a better job at it. But, again, when there's an overloaded roster, it's, it's pretty difficult. But, you know, if the belt had been put back on Britt Baker... I, I'm sure. I'm sure it, it would have been good business because you know the fans do adore Britt Baker. So, so I mean, either way, you know. Now, you know, I'm talking about admiring these these wrestlers. Now, Jamie Hayter. You know, Jamie Hayter is another unique, brilliant talent that I have a lot of praise and respect for. Jamie Hayter is a hard worker, a great worker, very talented wrestler. I mean, she's honestly one, probably one of the most underrated, and I do mean underrated female wrestlers that I have ever seen in my life. Jamie Hayter, ladies and gentlemen, she is the real deal. Now, I spoke about in the future, definitely in the future, Jamie Hayter, at one point, she is going to be at that level, at that spot where it's time for her to be strongly be considered to be the women's champion, okay? Now... The fact that she's in the she's in the title hunt is definitely good because she's you know she's 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 in a good spot. I mean she's really with that momentum she's actually doing a good job. So Jamie Hader being in the uh, AEW Women's Title uh, Hunt is good, but as far as her being the champion, like you know some people probably would say that it would it surely would have been a shocker if Jamie Hader had won the championship. I mean honestly, as much you know even though how badly I wanted Tony Storm to be champion, if Jamie Hader had won the championship, I honestly wouldn't have a, I don't even. I wouldn't have had a problem with it. I would have been happy for her because Jamie Hayter, you know, when, when she uh, signed full-time with, with AEW and she was part of, you know, Britt Baker's, um, she was, you know, uh, work, working alongside Britt Baker, you know, in that little uh, thing that they got going that got going on, you know, like that, you know, her alliance with Britt Baker, I should say, you know, Jamie Hayter has been, has been doing great. And although a lot of, a lot of fans have really been kind of pushing for her to, to have a singles push, or, 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 you know, for her to be break off and be on, and be on her own. I mean, I kind of tell everybody when, when the time is right, when the time is right, Jamie Hayter will be on a sing will be a singles, uh, will be on a singles run. Whether, whether it's as a heel or as a face, I'm not sure. I'd imagine it's probably going to be as a heel because Jamie Hayter, Jamie Hayter plays the heel part so well. Although, I honestly, I, I do think she. I mean, I do have confidence in her. If she, if they turn, if she, if they turn into a baby face, then I have confidence in Jamie, no matter what. But, but again, you know, Tony Storm. I mean, excuse me, Tony Khan. You know, as we know, always has a trick up his sleeve. You know, when when he announced that he had purchased Ring of Honor, and then I and I wrote that story that Ring of Honor is is all elite. And Tony Khan always has these announcements. You know, whether it's a signing, whether it's a it's a project. So I'd imagine that. Tony Khan sooner or later is gonna reveal some big plans for Jamie Hader. At least I would hope so. And I think by the time is right, Jamie Hader 
is going to have a run, and and I'm pretty sure, that I'm pretty confident that one day, one way or the other, she's going to be crowned the AEW Women's World Champion. And honestly, when that happens, all I have to say is, she deserves it. Just like everybody else. You work hard. I mean, Hikaru Shida, former AEW Women's World Champion. I mean, all these rest, all these female wrestlers that were in the in the Fatal 4-Way, I mean, they are all popular among the fans. The fans love them. You know, so it's good that AEW improvised. And honestly, when I saw that Tony Storm had won the title, I felt a little bit relieved. But then, then I said, well, you know what? This kind of confirms a little bit what I thought because, you know, when Thunder Rosa comes back, they're gonna finish. They're gonna finish the story between Tony Storm and Thunder Rosa, and and again, that's that's what I spoke to my good friend Ricky. You know, it's gonna go to that, and then one of them is gonna turn heel, and Ricky believes it's, it's gonna be Tony Storm. And quite frankly, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was Tony Storm. So, but either way, Thunder Rosa and Tony Storm, you know, in in a in a title feud, honestly, it has a nice ring to it, and quite frankly, I cannot wait. So, congratulations to Tony Storm, and thank you, thank you, thank you. I also thank from the bottom of my heart, Dr. Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter, Hikaru Shida for the awesome match. You know, I praise, you know, the AEW Women's Division. Thank you all so very much for everything you do. You know, the, you know, the, the fact that, you know, my, my, my strong support for, the, for women's wrestling, you know, it's, it's something that I'm very proud of, and... Again, I I just hope that the AEW women's division can you know AEW can do something can keep it keep it keep doing at it or keep improving and but all I can do is hope. So anyway, so that's it as far as Tony Storm winning the title. Now, there's something I definitely have to address, and this is actually involving the AEW media scrum because apparently all hell broke loose. Ugh, I mean. <sighs> This is why it's so freaking overwhelming. I mean, I didn't even think I, I was even able to even talk about this on a podcast because there's just so much shit going on involving the brawl that took place after CM Punk went out in that conference in the AEW media scrum. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's... It, it, I mean, we just got off the fact that Eddie Kingston and Sammy Guevara had issues backstage, but from what I understand is they they shook hands. I think basically, I mean, I I don't know. From what I understand, Eddie Kingston and Sammy Guevara had, had talked things over, and I think they're like, okay. And I think Eddie Kingston kind of said, "Look, it's been taken care of. We're just, we're gonna keep we're we're gonna move on from this." So, so basically, we go from one thing to the other, if if you will. All right. So in the media scrum, CM Punk apparently went off big time. I mean. He he was really like expressing his honest thoughts on backstage issues involving his co involving coworkers with a in the AEW locker room. Of course, you know he kind of went off on his uh, former friend uh, Colt Cabana, who and he described him as someone who quote didn't want to see him on at the top, and he even mentions their lawsuits against each other in the past, and I think also mentions that you know he hasn't been friends with this guy since like. For like since like 2013, 2014. So, I mean, CM Punk kind of you know went a little bit personal. So, uh, but it it, it 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 starts off with, with him going off on Colt Cabana, but then CM Punk goes on on a higher level criticizing the the executive vice presidents of AEW, which as we know are the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. And I think he even went as far as saying that those guys 
uh, quote, couldn't fucking manage a target and spread lies and bullshit and put into the media that what got Cobana fired when, when, when I have to fuck all to do with him and was not want nothing to do with him, whatever. I mean, oh, I mean, CM, CM Punk basically, I mean, we all know CM Punk. CM Punk is outspoken. CM Punk will not hesitate to say what's on his mind. You know, the whole situation, really, I'm sure there's a whole lot more to the story that we probably don't know yet. I mean, there's always more to the story. I mean, these stories tend to go extremely deep. And there's a lot of facts that either they, they're just not gonna, they're not going to be want to put on the internet, or they just don't want to put on the internet. But the bottom line is, there's a whole lot more to the story, I'm sure. And who knows if we're even going to know, know, know anything about it. So... <sighs> So after that, I mean, and, and then, you know, he goes after, you know, Hangman Adam Page, and he, he describes Adam Page as a, quote, empty-headed fucking dumb fuck, unquote, who, quote, went into business for himself, unquote, so he even described Adam Page as somebody that hasn't done a damn thing in this business, Uh man, like I said, CM, CM Punk just went off, but... You know, of course, you know, I, I should mention how, you know, MJF made his shocking, surprising return as the Joker in that, you know, ladder match. So, I mean, the whole all-out really just, the, you know, the, the, whole, the whole thing is just, again, it's so badly overwhelming. I mean, I, I can't even talk straight right now. I'm, like, stuttering. I'm just, like, my head is spitting. And I have all these notes right in front of me from all the research I've done. I'm just, like, this, this was hard to do, ladies and gentlemen, but I, but I did it to the best of my ability. All right, y'all know me, but, but you know er, earlier today, you know Wrestle Talk, you know announced on Twitter that several names have been suspended because there was a huge fight. There was actually a huge fight a, 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 after this press conference. So, <sighs> uh, but it's just it's just amazing how Punk said about the EVPs that they've spread lies about him through the media, and that they, and he says they could even manage a target. Oh boy! You know, as soon as CM Punk got done talking, you know he gets off the the stand, and then that's that's where the fight broke out. You know, Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks, you know, came out, and then and then you know Kenny Omega was there, and then Ace Steel was was also part of it. I mean, Punk, you know, allegedly was throwing punch, you know, th threw a punch uh, at Matt Jackson. I mean. A, a, a whole a fight broke out big time, and this is and some people even saying this is part of a some people are saying this is a work. At least they were, but based on the fact that Dave Meltzer even confirmed the fact that everybody involved in, in the brawl is now officially suspended. Although you know, Wrestle Talk said that you know about five hours ago, several names who have been suspended by AEW have been revealed, and Dave Meltzer mentions that. The, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, along with Pat Buck and Christopher Daniels and Brandon Cutler, along with Michael Nakazawa and Ace Steel, you know, they, they've been suspended. So, as far as CM Punk goes, nothing official has been, has, has been come out of him. But, according to the uh, wrestling uh, news, you know, this, this is where you're just like, holy shit, because... You know, Andrew Ravens four hours ago, uh, you know, said that there was a report that CM Punk could be suspended or fired by AEW 
following this. But, you know, so far nothing's been announced, at least not that I know of. So, I'm just like, damn. I mean, if CM Punk gets fired from AEW, I'm just like, holy shit. I mean, you know, you know the fact that Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks are, are suspended. And, you know, and I should mention, Kenny, um, Ken, the, the Elite, you know, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, I mean, they, they just won the AEW World Trios Championship, so... So I mean, so, so I mean, if they're suspended, it's a brief suspension. Then obviously the belts won't—they won't be stripped of the belts, obviously. But, but again, you know, right now there's just so much going on. It's hard to understand everything that's going on because again, I truly feel there's more to the story than we know. So, and I'd imagine maybe at the right time, the the further details—if there are any further details—they will be released. But, but again, you know, the situation is already chaotic enough as it is, and this is ringside chaos. So. <laughs> but I know I mean even even Booker T you know Booker T you know says that intervention is needed after this backstage AEW fight you know and on his podcast you know Booker T did have a few words and and here's what he, what he had to say and I quote if it was all true if it was a shoot that's the way you really felt my thing is this man I'm not here to let the fans in on what's going on personally. The fans don't need to know if I got beef with any of these guys in the back. I'm serious. That ain't that ain't something that I think is professional. If I got a beef with Hangman Adam Page saying what he said, I'm going to deal with it one-on-one -on -one in the locker room. And if we got to fight about it, we'll fight about it. <laughs> and he mentions, if, if I've got a problem with the Young Bucks, I'm going to tell those guys to their face. It's not something for the world to really know unless you just want them to know it. Unless you just want the fans to know it. Hey, man, I don't like these guys. Okay, why would they, why did they have to do, know that? I don't know. I mean, Booker T is really kind of saying, like, I, I think this is kind of like what these wrestling veterans would kind of say. Like, if you have a beef with somebody, you got to take it man-to-man, face-to-face, man-to-man. You don't want to make it public. You don't want to just unleash the mayhem and chaos you don't want to make the situation more stressful than it already is if you have a problem with somebody you deal with it face to face man to man you work things out and then you move on because the locker room is like it's supposed to be like a family i mean this is a team you're all there to help run a company you're all here there to you know to give the audience you know what they came to pay for you're all here to basically entertain, you know, work and like that. Like you all do it together. You're all part of a company trying to make it to the top. So when there's when these when the wrestlers are not on the same page and you know it it strains not only the working relationships, it strains reputations. I mean, again, all the chaos just bleeds out and bleeds out and bleeds out. And again, the situation just gets more stressful than it already is, and it gets so badly overwhelming, you don't even know what's going to go happen moving forward. I mean, Tony Khan, I mean, I, I did read that Tony Khan, I don't know if he's had already or, I mean, or if he's going to have a meeting with CM Punk. I'd imagine this meeting is going to determine whether CM Punk is either fired or suspended or, or if any action is going to be taken. And I imagine action is certainly going to be taken, but... Oh, but man, I mean, this is just too fucking much, man. I mean, why why bring it to that level? But again, you know, I, I don't know what... I, I should probably imagine myself being in those guys' shoes. I mean, I, again, there's just so much that we don't know. I mean, I don't know where to go from there, but... Uh, you know, although, you know, 
I should ask y'all, should I be surprised that Hangman Adam Page wasn't even involved in this supposed brawl? I mean, I don't know. I really don't know. But man. So stuff, you know, and as I mentioned this, a third part there's a third party investigate an investigation underway regarding this fight. Hmm. But it's been clear because Dave Meltzer reported that the Bucks and Kenny Omega, the elite, are, are suspended. So, we don't know how long, but right now, AEW has suspended Omega, the Young Bucks, Pat Buck, Christopher Daniels, Michael Nakazawa, Brandon Cutler, along with um, a AEW producer but by the name of um, Ace uh, Steel, I believe. I, I believe it was. I'm pretty sure I mentioned earlier, but my, my head kind of, you know, my, again, my head's spitting, so... Yeah, Ace Steel, yeah, AEW producer, was also involved in the fight. So, although I'm not sure, wait, although, uh, you know, his fate, you know, moving forward, you know, not not sure, but it doesn't mention him being suspended, but he was also involved in the fight. So, although it mentions even also says Ace Steel was also taken off and Punk's situation should be clear soon, and it's all pending the complete completion of the investigation. So, so right now the investigation's underway. So, man. We'll just have to wait and see, and then whatever happens, happens, and if there's something major that happens out of it, I'll certainly be back on Ringside Chaos to talk about it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to be it for the inaugural episode of Ringside Chaos. Thank y'all very, very much for tuning in, and I will see y'all next time.